Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. This is the weekend edition. We have a very special show for you today. It's a little bit of a different show, but first, a quick chat about goal setting. Goal setting is one of the most important aspects to achieving anything in life. If you don't know where you're going, you might end up someplace else. I'd like to invite you to join me for three days on the Mexican Riviera for an intensive goal setting retreat so that you start your 2020 with energy, purpose, focus, and momentum. The annual goal setting retreat will take place over the first weekend in December on the beautiful Mexican Riviera. Registration will open up on July 31st. If you're interested in learning more, send an email to goals at victorjm.com and you'll be among the first to have the opportunity to join me in Mexico. We keep these retreats small and intimate. This event will sell out. Send an email to goals at victorjm.com. That's goals at victorjm.com. So welcome back here on the Weekend Edition. We have a very special show. We're here coming to you live from Lorient in France. We're here with the skipper of a boat called Initiative Coeur, which translated means Initiative of the Heart. And I'm here with the skipper, Sam Davies. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's nice to, nice to be here. <laughs> so Sam, you're driving a boat called an Imoca 60, which is, I guess, scheduled to go in the Vendée Globe next year. Tell us a little bit about that particular class of boat. Uh, the Amoka 60 is the boat of the Vendée Globe, which is the single-handed non-stop around the world race that starts in the Vendée region in France and finishes there as well because it's a round trip. Uh, and the, the boat is uh, 60 foot long. It's 18 meters, uh, eight, just over 18 meters. And uh, it's not uh, one design, so the boats have to fit into a sort of box rule. Um, so they don't all look identical. Um, there's a few things that... Uh, look similar, the height of the mast, the, the uh, draft of the boat, but basically uh, as, as any box rule and so there's lots of areas open for the skippers and the yacht designers to uh, I, I guess uh, use their creativity and optimization. It's a pretty exciting class because that allows a lot of development, um, having not, not being one design and uh, now right now uh, the big development area is the foils obviously. Yeah, absolutely. The distinctive foils, they give you a lot of lift on the leeward side and get the boat up and out of the water, reduce the wetted surface. Is it, How much of a game changer is that in terms of just getting the boat planing? Um, well, it's, it's uh, obviously a, a really interesting development. Um, we are, well, our cl- one of our class rules is actually slowing the development down um, intentionally, um, and that's to not allow lifting flaps on the rudders um, because otherwise the boats would come completely out of the water. So we're half flying uh, our monohulls offshore, which is plenty enough <laughs> for what we what we're learning at the moment. Um, and so yes, it's changing the way the boats sail and the way the boats are being designed as well. Um, so the the first generation of foiling boats of foiling Imokas was the 2016 generation for the last Vendée Globe and at that time um, no one was really sure whether it would work on a Vendée Globe so whether the foils would work around the world whether they would be too fragile or the skippers not be able to handle it and so the boats were designed to still sail without foils if they broke or the skipper decided not to use them and since that Vendée Globe the last Vendée Globe in 2016 there was obviously when Bonk Populaire won and Hugo Boss came second it was a great proof that uh, foiling boats did work and that foiling boats won and it made a difference in the performance and the difference in the the average speeds um, and so now that we've moved a step forward now to say okay well we're definitely using foils all the time so how can we adapt the rest of the boat to handle and optimize 
that performance and so we're kind of at that step now and um, just accepting that uh, we will use the foils all the time and how to how the sail design changes and how the sail trim changes and and how the foil design changes and that's why it's really interesting because no one really knows exactly what's best and so we're seeing some really really different designs coming out right now that's incredibly fascinating as a race car driver in the united states aj foyt who basically said all cars have a lot of speed in them the art isn't getting the speed out of them. It's obviously a mental capacity to this. I mean, you're talking about working under sleep deprivation type conditions. Um, talk a little bit about that. Uh, well, well, it, it, for sure, um, we work a lot on performance, um, especially the boats that are trying to win the races. Um, but at the end of the day, when you sail offshore around the world, it's more about raising your average performance as near to 100% as possible than uh, reaching pure massive top speeds all the time because you can't do that offshore in the waves. So the same with the foils. Um, we can send our boats really, really fast if we have flat water and perfect conditions, but we're actually looking at how we can handle that offshore in the waves and just increase the average boat speeds rather than recording peak boat speeds, um, which is great fun when we want to tell stories in the bar, but it's not really interesting for us when we're crossing oceans. And it's the same with, uh, so when we're offshore, it's not just our foils and our boats that suffer, it's the ourselves as well. And when we're single-handed, uh, we don't slow down when we go to sleep. Uh, so the other technology that's advancing pretty fast is the autopilot technology uh, and um, and everything that's kind of uh, helping and alerting the skipper so uh, object detection other boat detection um, and all kinds of alarm systems as well to so that when we have to switch off and have our very short naps uh, we know that we'll wake up if the boat performance goes down so let's talk a little bit about the business aspect of sailing. I mean, unless your name is Rothschild, like the boat next to us on the quay here, you're looking for sponsorship. Is that the job of the skipper? Do you have a team working with you on sponsorship? How's that all come together? Uh, every team is a bit different uh, when it comes to sponsorship. I'm very lucky because uh, Initiative Care is a unique project. So the name of the project is not a sponsor's name. It's actually the name that we chose because uh, my project supports a charity called Missing Chirurgy Cardiac. It's a charity that helps kids who are born in poor countries uh, that who've got heart disorder, um, mostly heart defects that were by birth, and they're in countries that don't have the uh, material to do the operations to save them. The association, the, the charity, brings these kids to France, um, and they stay with host families uh, for the duration of the time, and they get operated, their heart operation get fixed and they go back to their country totally healthy so it's a really cool charity i'm really proud to support and it's 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 very unique in the fact that the sponsors have pretty much given all the space on the boat to to this charity so i have three i have three sponsors who are one is initiative a com company called initiative the other one is k-line a company that build aluminium windows and then Vinci energy who uh, is an energy company big en energy company in france and all the three sponsors massively support 
missing out chirurgy cardiac the charity as well um, and they really helped me in um, raising as much money as possible uh, and it's a great great um, for me it's a it's a project that can really be concrete and I can see the difference the project is making because um, it costs 12,000 euros to save one child for the by the charity basically with the hospital fees being the most and lots of lots of volunteer work and help obviously and so when I do uh, the big race of the season uh, we we start an operation called one click one heart and every new fan one every new like or click that we have on our social media the my three sponsors all donate one euro to the charity um, and so we set ourselves a target before every race of a number of kids we want to try and save and so the public help us without actually paying by clicking and then in return the sponsors donate the money um it's really unique it's a bit different um uh but it's a great um well it's an amazing project that kind of links charity uh sport at top level and companies obviously that uh love backing sailing um so we also do what all the other projects do so the sponsor sailing we have lots of days where we do um engage with each of our three main sponsors and um, they all use the project differently in inverted commas um, so some of them doing lots of sponsor sailing uh, another company I do lots of conferences in the, within the company um, uh, one of the companies is, is involved a lot with um, charities and schools and so I do a lot of visits to schools as well and I love doing that um, so it's, it's really varied and yeah in France pretty much every big project um, apart from a couple obviously Gitano who's sponsored by private um, a private owner and Spindrift as well is another private owner but all the other projects are professional projects with either one title sponsor we're standing right next to Sodibo right now which is uh, they have just one sponsor the company Sodibo or uh, or a whole group of um, of sponsors and um, a lot of people create business clubs uh, to have to be able to raise money uh, without it being such a big investment for one particular company and they create a business club and a lot of people a lot of sponsors actually enjoy that because that creates a network and on the sponsor sailing days then they go and they meet other companies and do business together so there's lots of different models and uh, and whether it's to the skipper or or not to find the money it, that also depends there are agencies that have evolved in sailing um, uh, each skipper is a little bit different and I guess when you're new to it um, trying to raise money you're kind of on your own uh, and then you have to really use the network a lot um, other skippers who've been sailing a lot who've managed to create companies and they can afford to keep someone and pay them to keep uh, looking for new sponsors and maintaining the existing sponsors so it's, it's all different depending on on what level and what experience the, the skipper has I love that. One of the things that I do is I raise capital professionally for lots of development projects around the United States. And when we do that, when we talk to investors, we talk about what's the ROI for them. And when you're talking about sponsoring a sporting event or a sporting team, you're talking about something where the ROI is maybe a little bit less clear. It might be a little bit more nebulous. How do you address that with your sponsors? 
Uh, yeah, for sure. There's um, the there's something that can be calculated, obviously, with what we see in the media, and there's companies that are out there to calculate the return, uh, the the financial, the actual return that can be calculated and seen and recorded and put down on paper. Um, but there is so much more in sailing that is, I guess, priceless um, in terms of that contact that we have with our sponsors. And um, an example I used just the other day when I was sailing with a group of people who were just who admitted to be not that enthusiastic because they weren't at all sailing fans uh, from one of the companies that sponsors me saying they weren't really enthusiastic at the beginning of the day and by the end of the day they were totally hooked um, they know nothing about sailing have never been sailing in their life and um, and we, when I was talking with them they were saying one of the the key things is that if you compare that to another sport like Formula One uh, or, or there's other sports with a similar example and the, these guys actually sailed for a day on the boat that is going to sail around the world with me on it and um, so it's not like they're just sailing in the guest boat or they actually get to come and um, see the boat and be in the boat and sail on the boat that is going to sail around the world or that has sailed around the world That's and, and it's that contact that we have with, um, with our sponsors that is priceless I think it's really hard to put a value on that um, because it's not just the price of a day sailing on a boat because it's the price of a day sailing with with that the skipper who is also going to sail around the world and on all the experience and there there are so many parallels between business and sailing around the world on your own um, and it can be used in a whole heap of different uh, team building or motivational or conference situations as well and um, I think because we're so passionate about what we do uh, we really enjoy sharing that with our guests and with our sponsors and so um, it's not something that's hard for us to do and it's something generally the skippers and the crews are pretty good at as well um, and uh, yeah it's, I think it's impossible to put a value on that. Fantastic. Let's talk for a moment a little bit about the journey from, say, sailing as a as a young person in an optimist or a laser to sailing at this level where you're among the best in the world. How do you sign up for a job like this? <laughs> uh, I think the, the, the most important thing to have is motivation and drive and really, really desire to do that. Um, and if you have all that, then you can... Um, then that's how you get there and that's why there aren't many people because there are quite a few sacrifices along the way um, for me personally um, it, sailing around the world or sailing on an offshore boat was not really one of my dreams when I was younger um, however I was lucky enough to have be born in a sailing family so my, my granddad was a submarine commander uh, the other granddad was a powerboat racer and uh, my parents always had a little boat so I was always not far away from the water and I got to see the starts and finishes of some great races like the Whitbread Round the World race and the Ad uh, Admiral's Cup and um, a lot of racing in the UK and the Solent's um, and that kind of made me dream but more about the boats and, and I'm an engineer I have an engineering degree and so my motivation was actually to to try and get a job and work in the industry um, especially in racing and offshore and understand how and make boats go faster and and in the end of the, uh, I loved sailing and I knew I always wanted to race for fun but I managed to catch a few opportunities that put both of them together and I ended up finding myself on a boat uh, doing that professionally and and from but it, yeah it's definitely about really really wanting to do it because there's a lot of very hard days along the way. 
I love it. Well, Sam, I wish you the best of luck this coming year. I, so I've been watching your sea trials over the last uh, couple of weeks, and uh, it's an exciting boat. It's an exciting time. There's a ton of activity going on around us, and we're here literally in what I consider to be the sailing capital of the world. So thank you for joining us today. And for the listeners at home, whether you're a sailor or not, definitely check out Initiative Coeur. The link will be in the show notes. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.